Valley community. Welcome to the Philo Podcast. And if you're listening to this in real time, Merry Almost Christmas. We're deep into Christmas prep, and many of you are winding down your setup and getting geared up for those extra rehearsals. Maybe you're listening to this while driving home after a long day or on your way back in to finish off that last-minute lighting program. But wherever this finds you, our goal is to help you become more effective so that not only your church can become more effective, but hopefully so that your life in general can be more effective. And I know for me at Christmas time, as a technical artist in the local church, I mean, I was pretty beat up and not really living my most effective existence. And if I go back in time, I would totally do things differently for most of the Christmases I worked. There would be more forethought, more planning for not just how to work 24 seven, but giving my family and frankly myself more attention. And I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, certainly written about it in many blogs and in the book and a bunch of different places. But I had a realization about what Christmas needed for me when the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. So this is back in 2001. Normally we would do rehearsals right through midnight to 1 a.m. And then, you know, lighting program would happen after that. That was pretty normal. But I basically told the whole team that it didn't really matter to me where we were in rehearsals. I was leaving at 11.30 p.m. for the midnight showing of The Fellowship of the Ring, and you can't stop me. And I thought there would be some pushback or someone telling me I couldn't, but instead it seemed like it was kind of fine with everyone. I mean, everybody was kind of glad to have an actual deadline to stop rehearsals. And in fact, by the time the third movie came out, we basically had enough people to fill up a whole theater. So everybody from rehearsal was piling in on the midnight showing. And it just made me realize that having a plan ahead of time meant that we worked around it. And not having a plan ahead of time meant that all the time can be filled up with Christmas stuff. And I know it's still late into December, but it's not too late to make some kind of plan so that you don't fill up all your time just working for the Christmas services. And speaking of making a plan, if you're leading your team at Christmas, make sure that you're finding ways to celebrate with each other, to encourage each other, you know, for all the great work that you get to do together. And there are a lot of ways to show appreciation for your team. You could, uh, as an example, engage with the Philo Advent, either on our website or on the YouVersion Bible app. You could do that together. You get everybody a copy of our book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, kind of a timely book title, or you can maybe even grab some tickets to bring your team to the upcoming Philo Conference, which is May 7th and 8th. All right, let's get to the episode. I got a chance to hang out with Andrew Jung, the technical arts director at Front Rage Christian Church, and we talked about all things portable church, which took me back to the good old days. It was a great conversation. So let's just jump right in. Andrew Jung. Did I say that right after all that talk? Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Welcome to the Philo Podcast. Thanks so much. I'm very excited to, to chat and to be here. Yeah, nice. We were also just talking about how normally you're the one doing the interviewing, uh, you know, for videos and such. So, but this is the first time you've been the subject of an interview. So it is. Yeah. yeah no, I'm, yeah. I'm excited and yeah, just looking forward to what the conversation holds. Do you have sweaty palms or anything like that? Or you I don't. Or? I don't. Okay. <laughs> no, we're so far so good. <laughs> okay, good, good. You've been a part of a Philo cohort. And so that's sort of how you you entered into the kind of the Philo world. And um, we've been getting a lot of DMs and stuff from people. We've been asking like, hey, what what are some things that are a struggle for you like that you'd like to hear people talk about? And so being part of a portable church situation was one of the questions that we've been getting. And through the Philo cohort, we knew, hey, Andrew's at a portable church. Let's talk to him. So here we are. (laughs) Yes, yes. Portable church is a fun time and uh, I've been been blessed to have many years in the portable environment. (laughs) So I always love chatting about it. Yeah. So let's back up now and uh, maybe just talk a little bit about what do you do now and then kind of your story of how you ended up at this place. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am, I guess my role or my title is the technical arts director at Front Range Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. So I've been in this role I guess full-time two years now, okay. but on staff for three. It's a little funky. Okay. I can kind of explain that. But mm-hmm. yeah, we're a fully portable church as of right now. So everything on a Sunday morning is load in, load out. You know, we do two, two services and it's it's a blast. It's a fun time. <laughs> All the joys and the challenges that come with it. But yeah, so I've been kind of backing up a little bit. The church uh, was launched in 2014. 
And at that time I was actually in high school. So okay. um, my family at the time was just looking for a, a church that was a little bit closer to home and a little bit smaller than some of the other ones that we were attending. And we landed on Front Range, yeah, about six months after it launched. So I started attending as a, just as a part of the congregation and then okay. jumped into serving really soon after that. So I was serving on the kind of the set up and tear down teams. At that time we were in a middle school. So we were setting up all the chairs and you know, loading cases in from a trailer yeah, yeah. in the summer, in the cold in Colorado, all the things. And, <laughs> and then I jumped into production pretty soon after that when I was about 15 years old. So just helping serving on camera, um, occasionally help with some video productions, video and shoots, stuff like that. Just had a blast doing it, served as a volunteer for a couple of years and then started helping out more on the, you know, creating bumper videos and story videos and stuff like that on the creative okay. side. And that was kind of kind of where a lot of my passions were outside of church was in film production and photography okay. and stuff like that. So yeah, ended up going to film school down in Southern California at Chapman University. Ended up finishing my degree out at Grand Canyon University in film production and kind of in that transition landed back at Front Range okay. as a resident. So we do a, a fun residency program where it's part-time, not quite the full-time hours, but you're still part of the staff. You're learning, you're able to experience, get some training. Sure. I had an awesome opportunity to be part of the residency program for a year and just learn everything that's involved with being in vocational ministry. And sure. okay. from that, that kind of turned into a, a full-time role and that's the role that I'm still in today. So, okay. all right. yeah, no, I, I get to oversee all, I guess, kind of what's involved in my role, everything production wise on a Sunday. So okay. audio, video, lighting, all of our teams for that. So I lead our production teams. I also lead our online teams, so all of our online chat hosts for Church Online, okay. who are awesome. And then also our arts team, which is our photographers and videographers. So Got it. Okay. I have the, you know, the, the feet in both worlds of the, the technical and the creative at all times, which is a lot sure. of fun. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching some of your services before we talked and maybe there was a, like a promo video, you purchased some land and like looking towards mm -hmm. a building. Yeah. So there were a couple of like very fast motion, like the setup process, time-lapse, mm -hmm. yeah. that's the word, yeah. of yep. your setup. And I was just <laughs> thinking, okay, this is bringing back some memories, number one. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you guys are doing like serious setup. Like it's not just the bare minimum. It feels like mm -hmm. there's quite a bit of lighting set up. I mean, the fact that you've got uh, several cameras for your live stream. I'd be curious what your setup process is like. How long does it take? Have you been slowly adding to your capabilities or mm. has it always been kind of like all of it all the time? Yeah, it's a great question. We've always kind of had a not really a motto, but just kind of who we are is we don't let portable be a hindrance to us. Sure, yeah, yeah. We, we, we try really hard not to go into new projects or new situations or new locations with the feeling of like, okay, we just got to make it work. We're putting our best foot forward just like any church would, would want to do, whether they're portable or in a permanent scenario. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that goes all the way down to how we integrate equipment, our systems, processes, how we you know develop volunteers and lead those teams, all those sorts of things. But yeah, I guess when it comes to kind of what our, what our current setup is and how we kind of manage that. A typical Sunday consists of a 6 a.m. call time. So we're there at six. We currently okay. meet in a, like a secondary charter school in our okay. town. So we've been in nine locations, I, I think, love it. in the I last almost 10 years. <laughs> <Okay>. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't love it, but I like, I've, yeah. yeah, I'm there with you. Yeah, <laughs> <I get it. laughs> yeah, we've been in all sorts of, we've been in movie theaters, we've been in high schools, middle schools, elementary school, I think elementary schools, charter schools, you name it, we've been there, drive-ins. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that was COVID. <laughs> but yeah, so we're in a secondary school right now, secondary charter school. So we get in there at 6 a.m. The first hours all load in set up. So yeah, we've yeah. got everything in, in road cases, Pelican cases, all that sort of stuff. The school that we're in has been very generous to allow us to keep some of that there in some oh, nice. closets. Okay. Uh, we have a storage unit and a trailer. So it's kind of a mishmash of places that equipment store, but right. our team is awesome. And I say our team, that's both staff and volunteers are yeah. awesome in getting to it. They all kind of know their roles in terms of, you know, if they're if they're on audio, they know where the audio cases are. If they're on lighting, they know where, where lighting and things are stored, all that. So right. we've gotten down to the point, at least in the auditorium space, where we can get pretty much everything set up within a roughly an hour. So okay. six to seven, we've got everything from scratch in this cafetorium space to full lighting setup. PA is you know on sticks and and routed cameras are set up and built you know all that sort of stuff so we can get into our rehearsal and run through so sure and we do two services at nine and ten thirty a.m. and then we wrap everything up after that and we're usually out roughly forty five minutes to an hour after that so oh, wow it's definitely evolved over the years um, it did not always used to be that quick 
Okay. And a lot of that just has to do with, you know, developing systems and processes and and you know, refining what our methods are and what our what our equipment is over time. You know, like right. little things, little things like we used to have to run Ethercon cable from our board all the way to our rack all along the side of the room. And something as small as that, which might take five minutes right. to do, that that's five minutes. But we were able to work with the school and do different projects like installing conduit and running Cat5 okay. all the way across. And so we just plug it in the back, which in a normal facility, you never have to think about, right? If sure, you're in an yeah, yeah. installed facility. But for us, like that tiny little thing saves us a lot of time. And that time is then be able to be used for problem solving and other issues right, that inevitably right. will arise. Yeah, so. yeah. When I was doing portable church, the contract with the school, like how, yeah. when can we get in? When do we need to be out? And trying to make that as short as possible so that, you know, the rent was less. Exactly. And yeah. So being out 45 minutes after service, I can't even imagine that <laughs> from my context. Yeah, we were there for hours, yeah. it seemed like. But I think to your point, like having systems in place. And I think for me, one of the keys was, everything was a one-man job mm. instead of like, we need five people to do this or or whatever. Yeah. I think the only thing was carrying the soundboard to its location mm-hmm. yep. was the only thing really that that required more than one person. But yeah, just even that, like we can, we can all be working on something just to be more efficient with our time. Exactly. Yeah, I think, and, and one of the bigger things too that's helped us a ton with getting that efficiency down is cross-training. Oh, right. So like, you know, like setting up a, you know, setting up the console and putting the PA up might not take a full hour. Or, you know, when our camera operators are tearing down, you know, if they're focused on just their camera, they might get done in 20 minutes. But our lighting tech might still be, you know, have another 20 minutes worth of wrangling cables. So what we've really tried to focus on and we're always continually trying to train people on is, hey, once you're done with your role that you're assigned to, go hop on someone else's and help them out. Go help. Sure. Anyone can go coil cable and we can, if you don't know how, we'll teach you. Yeah. And we'll just get this all wrapped up. So it's all one team and that not only applies for production, but that applies to our, our worship team as well. So we actually schedule out, our worship pastor schedules out set up and tear down roles Okay. in addition to oh, wow. whatever role that person is serving on. So someone might be scheduled as our lead guitarist, uh, but they might also be scheduled as sound setup. So, okay. Because again, it doesn't take them an hour to plug their DI in and set up their board. <laughs> At least it shouldn't. And so during the but rest of that time- how are they supposed time, to just like make noise throughout the entire I know, setup? right? I yeah. know. And noodling and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, there's still time for that, of course. <laughs> yeah. It. But all those setup and teardown roles are scheduled ahead of time. So everyone comes in knowing that I'm not just here to get my job done, but I'm here to help out in as many ways as possible wow, to help the wow, overall wow. team get to where we're, we want to be sooner and get out of there sooner. Sure. And there's a huge part of team unity that's a part of that. Yeah, we're yeah, all there at the same time so. and we all yeah. we all leave at the same time. So right. that's been huge for us in getting that yeah. nailed down as efficiently as possible. We would be in, let's say, a planning meeting talking about this coming weekend and there would be something on the schedule that like, you know, in the order of service that, ooh, this isn't normal and how are we going to get that done? How are we going to set up for that in the one yeah. hour we have? Like how yeah. have you managed kind of the you know, okay, we're systematizing everything. We're trying to make it as mm-hmm. efficient as possible, but we're also trying to be open to new ideas and that sort of thing. Like, but we only have an hour. Yeah. How, how have you managed kind of the, I'm imagining there's a tension there of mm-hmm. not just saying no, but like, how do we figure this out? Yeah, absolutely. The tension I think every church tech feels in some level of, you know, you, you hear an idea and then it's the thought in your mind. It's like, okay, how do we make this happen and what's involved? And yeah, in our context, it's, not only what's involved, but how do we make it work in an already constrained space, right? And I think one of the things that is both a challenge and also a lot of fun with Portable Church is the amount of creativity and problem solving that goes into it. So in some ways, there's actually an extra level of, you know, we start with a blank slate every Sunday. We Uh We don't come in with everything's already set up and we have to work with what's already there. We come in with a blank slate. So yeah, yeah. depending on how much planning is going into it ahead of time, we can actually be pretty flexible with how we implement new solutions or new ideas. Okay. You know, like we'll do, we do, you know, they're called just big days, um, probably once a month. Okay. Uh, and these days in our church are, you know, just celebrations for different things, whether it's a, 
you know, football kickoff or we do like a, you know, like an egg hunt uh, around Easter time sure, or yeah, all yeah. these other sorts of really cool events. We plan those out weeks in advance. So everybody on staff has a role. They know like, okay, this is what's gonna be involved. You know, I know if there's something production wise that there's gonna be an extra element or a video in service or an extra piece of stage design or a prop. I know that weeks in advance. Okay. So I can prep everybody. I can tell my team, uh, all my, my volunteers, uh, anyone that's involved there. So we haven't really had a ton of issues with, okay. you know, like, hey, this idea is too big uh, and we're not going to make it happen. But if and when those do come up, I got to say our team is awesome in terms mm-hmm. of specifically staff and leadership. You know, there's a lot of trust that's been built between everyone over the years. Almost almost everyone on staff, or at least a good portion of people have been there since the beginning, okay. um, whether on staff or part of the church for many, many years. So okay. there's just a level of camaraderie and trust in terms of, you know, someone can share an idea and if it's not feasible, we can say no, but okay. the no doesn't just come out of a frustration. It comes out of, hey, I know that idea is a good idea and I love your creativity. Let's think about what's involved with that. You know, sure, it's, right. Or even leading with the yes, but yes, yeah, this yeah. is an awesome idea, but this is what it's going to take. And oftentimes right, right. I'll, I'll come with that and my senior pastor or anyone else will be like, okay, actually, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. you know, like a slide change on a Sunday morning, like, yeah, we can't we can't really do that because we just we we're too focused on making sure everything else is is up to where it needs to be to make service happen. Sure, and they're understanding about that because they know yeah, it's yeah. involved. Yeah, but, I loved the the constraints of being portable. I loved the yeah. okay, we only have an hour. We're starting from scratch. We're like, yep. what can we get done? And it really helped to define like what should we be doing. Absolutely. Whereas, frankly, once we moved into our own facility, it's like <laughs> those constraints were. There were still some constraints, but you know now like well we could take two hours to do setup if we wanted to, sure. which then creeps into three and you know you know just you know <laughs> when we were portable it existed, and then mm-hmm. when we had our own facility we had to kind of create it which yeah. didn't always like go over real well. I, I love the okay let's think creatively about the one hour we have and the people we yeah. have and the gear we have and. One of the things that when I was the TD at a church that was portable, you know, we had a real small budget and the only microphones we had were SM58s. Mm-hmm. And so it was real easy to tell the setup team, you know, mic up this or whatever, yeah. because there were no, yeah. there were no choices to make. Of course, you know, like, of course. Use a 58. That's what we have. Yeah. Grab another mic. Yeah. What kind? Doesn't matter. They're all the same. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, that was very simple, but it was a way that kind of streamlined things that I could have somebody that knew nothing about audio help with audio setup if necessary, yeah. because same mic everywhere. Yep. It didn't yeah. last long, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you're, you're spot on though. Like, especially, I, mean, I was just listening to the episode with Justin Firesheets uh, oh, yeah. just the mm-hmm. other day about how like, and he was talking about the, how constraints sometimes breed more creativity and, and that's, yeah. It's so true in a way, and especially in the portable sense, like we feel that so much, you know, like some of our favorite, our favorite things that we've done have been born out of the constraints that we have. Right, right. One example that comes to mind, like stage designs, for example, like how do you make a concrete, you know, walled stage in a school cafetorium look good? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We won't talk about the sound because that's more challenging, but (laughs) look good. (laughs) It's hard. So like figuring out ways that like, making things portable and durable but they're also creative is is challenging but you know we had an idea a couple of years ago where we kind of created custom LED strip or like LED tape panels okay. out of PVC pipe and some LED tape and a dream and it was <laughs> it was <Yeah. laughs> an adventure there were some fun memories making those but you know, it was the sort of thing like you're hanging the decoders, the LED tape decoders in the ceiling and you're hang, hang, figuring out ways to rig it so you can just hook them in there. So yeah. when we get in on a Sunday, it's less time. So we just roll in, we hook them up and they're already patched in DMX and we go. Yeah. And, you know, looking back at those, like you, you look at, you know, pictures or think back to those times and it's like, man, if we were in a, a permanent facility, like we will still have cool ideas, but like, I don't know if that would have been born out the way it was because right, right, right. we had to think through the constraints that we had. And it, there's a, there's a really cool, I, I don't know. It's, it's really satisfying to walk in and be like, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's portable. In here. Right. Right. You know, we get, we get people ask quite often actually 
you know, they're like, hey, why are you guys building a new building? Like this one's working just fine. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we have to tell them like, well, it's not ours. <laughs> we yeah. don't we don't own this. Like, you know, the, you can see the the kids' drawings on the walls and the play and the musicals. <laughs> like that's, yeah, yeah. we're not putting those on. <laughs> yeah. But that, that goes to say like how hard the team works to make it feel welcoming, to make it feel home to so many people. And yeah. to look, there's intentionality behind it because we try to do that in all that we do. And that goes all the way through yeah, you know, our, our teams. And I would say uh, just watching videos of your services and kind of the welcome promo videos and that sort of thing, it mm-hmm. was hard for me to tell that it wasn't your facility. Like it just <laughs> looked like, you know, there's outdoor spaces for people to hang out and yeah. and even the quality of the video, what was on stage, you know, behind the, the pastor all looked like regular stuff that is at every permanent church uh, facility. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are doing a really great job of uh, yeah making it seem like, not portable. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being in a cafetorium or whatever, you know, is not maybe not the greatest. Just don't ask our sound engineers what they think of the oh, of the, yeah. the the acoustics of the space. But <laughs> I have to say, so I used to be uh, an audio engineer was my main thing, yeah. and uh, when the church that I was a part of that was portable, one of our very first meetings for the first I don't know, six or eight months of the church, we met in a cafetorium. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing, you know, cinder block walls and there was no yeah. air conditioning as I recall. And so it was, uh, which seems ridiculous uh, right now, but the, uh, yeah, just big fans blowing air around. Yep. And yep. The, the best mix of my life was in that room. Yeah. You know, just kind of fell in place. And I was like, what? This sounds amazing. What? How yep. is this possible? Does it make sense? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's never happened since then. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, with all SM58 mics, uh, oddly enough. Um, amazing. But, so yeah, what God can do in a cafetorium. Uh, yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. You're entering into a building situation. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a sense of relief for you, like to not be portable anymore? Or like, uh, what's your emotions around the having a permanent home? Yeah. I would be lying if I said there wasn't a sense of relief <laughs> in some ways, but I'll be honest. And, you know, we, we talk as a staff a lot about like, okay, what's this next season going to look like? And what does this transition look like? Because we've never done something like this before. We've transitioned yeah. from portable space to portable space, but going portable to permanent is different. And yeah. in a way, yes, there's a sense of relief of, yes, we don't have to load everything in every morning and tear it down because that that wears on you. Uh, it yeah, wears yeah, on the equipment. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's it's hard uh, and, and it wears on volunteers as well. Uh, and we we know that and we're aware of that. But you know, we're trying really hard and we're working really hard in, in how we approach it and how we communicate it, that this isn't just a, this isn't just like, okay, we're getting to the finish line, you know, yeah, next year, yeah. or next summer when we're supposed to get in. Like, it's not like, okay, now we can just breathe. Now we can just relax. If anything, getting into this permanent facility is more of a, a jump start for whatever the future is going to hold. And sure. we're just, we're doing what we've always been doing. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. It's just yeah. going to look a little bit different. You know, we'll be able to implement some things and some new systems that we weren't able to do uh, just with the the constraints of portable. But I would, I would say though, between everybody that's involved from person that's just walked into the church and has heard about it to someone like me who's been at the church for nine years. We're very excited for, <laughs> yeah. for this and, and what it can hold. And you know, I, the location where the, the, the building's being built is about two minutes away from my house. Oh, nice. Which I'm excited for. And also <laughs> yeah. I drive by there hey, all can the you let time. Me in? And I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. You know, they, they, nothing's even being put up yet. It's just, they're just moving dirt. I drive by, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Like, what, yeah. oh, okay, cool. This truck's <laughs> over there now. Like, <laughs> so there's definitely a level of excitement that's, that's coming along with it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone's everyone's on board with that. Yeah. I don't know why I realized this before we moved into our first facility, but I've sort of loved that we crammed all the work into one day. You know, it's like, okay, mm. it might start might be a long day and it might start real early. I think yeah. I I think I started mine at four AM, I think was the wow. kind of yeah. not, but the I think the setup team was later than that. But yeah, it started early and like I said, it took us a while to unload all that or load it all back up. So yeah, it was easily 12 hour day, but it was all, Mm -hmm. then it was done, you know? Yeah. It's all isolated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Versus, you know, having your own building. Well, now we could do something Sunday night and Tuesday Mm -hmm. morning and, you know, Tuesday (laughs) night and Wednesday morning and Wednesday night, you know, just, it's a different kind of rhythm, but 
yeah, even getting ready for a special service or something. I'm like, well, we could spend Thursday and Friday all day getting ready for this. And then, whereas before we were doing other work, you know, during that time. So yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So I would have people come up to me like, oh, I bet you can't wait. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Sure. But like, yeah. there's something nice about like, we're getting it done. We're doing it. Oh, and we're yeah. done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's definitely things that as, as excited as we are about getting into, our, our permanent home, there's definitely things that I think we'll miss about the portability side of sure, it. Sure, yeah. And, you know, even even things such as like team relationship and camaraderie, sure, like right, there's right. there's something that really, really cool that happens when, when you spend, you know, seven hours every Sunday morning with yeah. these folks that you build a relationship with and you solve problems with. And, you know, you, you hear about shared experience as a, a building block for relationship. Yep, and it's, yeah. it's so true yeah. in a portable scenario. And so um, we're already thinking about, you know, when we get into the permanent facility, like how do we maintain those relationships? How do we continue to right. foster those as much as we can as a, from a heart perspective, you know, we, we steward our resources as best we can, but those resources also include all of our dream team members. That's what we call our volunteers. Right. We right. want to care for them. And we know that it's as nice as it's going to be to maybe not get there quite as early. There, <laughs> there might be something that's going to feel different in terms of relationship. So right, we'll, right. we'll miss that in the portable sense, but it just, it just makes us be creative again. And sure. That's not yeah. A bad yeah thing right. The thing about being portable and the timelines and all that stuff is there's a pressure involved with like, we got to get mm-hmm. it going. And yeah. we got to get out of here. And the thing that I noticed was that some of the urgency was missing. And so then mm. it was difficult to create it. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not going to make it up, but how do you keep your team engaged yep. when there's less urgency? And so I think for us, what it meant was our team changed. Like the people that were really into being there at 5 a.m., you know, like, oh, 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm not as into that as, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, to embrace the fact that, okay, the, the that season is done and the new mm-hmm. season's not for everybody, and but it will be for some. And yeah, what is what does the team rhythm look like? Yeah, it'll just be different, like you said. It'll be yeah, new constraints exactly. and yeah, new challenges to solve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when the church started meeting, has the kind of the process changed a lot, or has it been kind of like it started a certain way and it's just been carried through, or has it been just like constant tinkering and changing and? Or were you set up with a system that you're now just following for eight years or nine years? Yeah, I think it's a great question. It it, it really depends on I think the space, right? Like I can't sure. I can't speak a ton into like what our our family ministries do and stuff like that. They're okay. awesome at what they do. I have no idea how they do it because they're so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I go I go in and I try to help, and they're like, just move these chairs over there. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> when it comes to our our team production, at least, yeah. you know, there's. A lot of it's fairly similar in terms of you know, everything's in cases and it gets unloaded and set up. And we like the whole, I think, rhythm of the morning is fairly similar. Okay. However, you know, obviously, as equipment changes, some things have to change. Right, right, you know, right. like some things just don't survive eight or nine years of <laughs> yeah. portable load in, load out. You know, right. like, yeah, especially in the weather of Colorado. I especially in the weather of yeah. Colorado. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, we've still got our, our trusty M32. Uh, it's been with us for who knows how long. It's, yeah. it's still it's working. doing the job. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. It's still working. You know, like, so, like, things like that, like, we've still integrated. And those are like our PA, I believe, is the same PA that we had hung in the first facility. I could be wrong okay. in that, uh-huh. but I believe it's the same one. Back then it was hung. Now we just, we have to just throw it up on a, on a stick every sure, time. Right. But, you know, like some of those things are, they haven't changed much, but when it comes to, uh, one thing that has changed a lot is like our broadcast sure, approach. Right. You know, like we used to be, I think like many churches, you know, single camera in the back and zoom in and zoom out. And, that, and that's how I started. And sure, yeah. uh-huh. I, I love it. And, you know, and we streamed pretty much from day one, if I can okay. remember correctly. So, we've always kind of had the approach to like, we have people joining us online, so we're gonna treat it like that. Okay. But COVID really made a big shift for us and how we're approaching that. Uh-huh. We did, uh, at that, right before COVID, we were having two cameras in the back of the room. They were, one was a Sony, one was a Panasonic. They're both camcorders, so they didn't yeah. match. The color wasn't great. Sure. <laughs> but it, it, it worked, it gave us something to cut sure. back from. And what we'd have is one person that would do all that. They'd be sitting between the two cameras with a Bluetooth keyboard 
that was tied to the ATEM on our Mac. Okay. They would operate both cameras and switch. Awesome. Which is like, <laughs> it was it was an adventure. Right, yeah. But it, it got to the point when COVID hit and we realized, you know, there's a little bit more intentionality that we could put behind yeah. what we're doing and and the quality of stuff, the, the difference between what we were doing with some of our creative content and story videos and stuff like that, just the quality mm-hmm. gap was pretty high. So okay. we made some, some investments, thanks to some very generous people in the church who just helped us kind of jump forward into more of the cinematic style of broadcast, which okay. I've had people tell me like, you guys are doing that in a portable setting? Right, like, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> But you know that's that's a lot of what my background is is kind of the cinematic like film side of it, and so sure. that was kind of a little passion project for me. Like, okay, let's get this up to a spot where it not only looks better, but it also gives an opportunity for the team to grow and for people for sure. to kind of yeah. just discover something that they love. And uh-huh. that's been one of the coolest coolest parts of it. You know, we've got four cameras now, two wireless, two on sticks. Okay, and they're all wow. you know Blackmagic cinema cameras, little pocket cinema cameras that sure. they get the job done and. I'm able to have, you know, we've had 13 year olds, 14 year olds jump on a wireless handheld camera and go out and realize like, they really love doing this. You know, like, you know, I will not say no to someone who comes up to me and says, you know, I just, I really have a, I've never really played with video before, but this looks fun. I want to try it. I want to be a ninja. Come on. Yeah. I want to be a ninja and (laughs) hang out in all black and with a headset. Right. uh, Yeah. So seeing like specifically that team, like the camera team, for example, grow because of, what we've been able to resource them with and just the sure. direction we've taken as a church has been really awesome. Yeah. So that's yeah. so cool. So you're using the pocket cinema cameras. W- mm-hmm. What are you using for the wireless video? Yeah. So we are blessed uh, as of right now to have Teradex systems. Oh, so nice. we're okay. running basically one camera on sticks in the back that's hardwired in as our main follow. We've got a wide kind of a safe shot in the back that's also hardwired. Okay. And then we've got a wireless handheld on a Teradex. Okay. That allows us to get kind of the closer stuff to stage, sure. kind of float around there. And then we've got one wireless on a gimbal. So that allows us to get oh, some wow. awesome, just kind of the the sweeping energy shots that we need sure. to kind of go along with worship. So, okay. and we kind of work people up. Does the handheld have like, do you have like an enclosure or something that, you know, makes it a little bigger? Yeah. Or are they just carrying around the pocket? Yeah, there's just, there. so it's got a cage on it. It's got a top handle. Sure. Okay. When we first installed it, we had, a whole rig with rails and big batteries <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And I felt so bad watching, you know, some of our like 14 year olds try to run around with this and they'd get back to me and they'd like wring their arms out because the camera was so heavy. And I was like, yeah. okay, we gotta do something about this. So uh-huh. we kind of worked some things around, made a couple other switches with equipment so that it's now it's just the camera, the top handle, a lens okay. uh, and the wireless unit. So sure. okay. it's worked for us so far. We've been very happy with what we've been able to get with it. And they're the same cameras that we use for all of our videos during the week, which okay. is also awesome. Sure, so that right. I can take, you know, I can I can grab a volunteer from a Sunday and be like, hey, do you want to come help with a video shoot? And they realize like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. And they'll be able to hop on and it's the same equipment. So they're already trained on it. Sure. Now they can learn more of the creative side as well, which is right. which is a lot of fun. And that's cool. Nice. And yeah. what are you doing for like, uh, do you have a broadcast mix or are you doing some sort of front of house derivative yeah. uh, for the oh, That's the question, Todd. That yeah. is the question <laughs> of the day. It's what people want to know That's what about. people want to know. <laughs> yeah. So we actually, that's been one of our, one of our bigger challenges to be honest. So mm-hmm. we, as of right now, and what we're going to continue to do until we get into our permit facility is we're just running a main left, right out of our board. Okay. And uh, we've got some very talented sound engineers that have you know, done a lot of work to try to make that sound as good as possible. Obviously it's not going to get quite to the point as having sure. a, a dedicated broadcast mix, but we've, we've explored options and how we can make that happen. And just different limitations with you know not having a, a separate room to go yeah, yeah. do that. Like right now, all of our front of house, everything, uh, including video director and pro presenters, all in the room. So okay. finding a separate room to like isolate a broadcast mix right, or right. just the separate equipment to make that happen. We've done the research. We've we've kind of looked into it, and it just doesn't make sense for us yeah. as of right now. Well, and just having an, an hour to do setup, you know, it's like for sure. Yeah, we got other it's, things. It's to another do. thing yeah, to add. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's another person to to jump in and train on that. And honestly, the the training thing is one of the biggest hindrances to that because we can't go in and train in the middle of the week on right, right. some of the broadcast or even front of house engineering because we don't have the space. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't have our board set up. We don't have a show file. We don't have any of that. Yeah. Does your school, do you have moments mm-hmm. in the calendar year where you can leave stuff set up or is it pretty much yeah. uh, like during Christmas break you can or the summer mm-hmm. or anything like that? 
Yeah, so that great question. So we are able to stay set up during spring and fall breaks, uh, Thanksgiving okay. break, usually for a week after Christmas, uh-huh. and then summer. Depending on the year, we can stay set up for a couple weeks. So you okay. know, sometimes in the June July timeframe when they're out of school, we're able to stay set up. So that's when we try to go really hard on getting projects done. So sure. it's things like installing the conduit or redoing systems or taking an inventory of all of our equipment. You know, we did have this last summer we had um, one of our sound engineers come in and just kind of redo all of our routing and gain structure because over the sure. years and different engineers yeah, things yeah. got kind of a little wonky. Uh-huh. And so he was able to come in during a rehearsal. We actually did a rehearsal at the school okay. with our band and just took some extra time to to reset our gain structure and get that back to where it needed to be. So we take advantage of those opportunities as much as we can. Sure. But still, you know, the the times when we really need it, it's often we're in the middle of a school year. So yeah, yeah, right. it's, it's challenging. One of the the challenges of being portable is you have this extra relationship that yeah. you have to foster and that, you know, if it's your own building, you don't have to. But all these rooms, you know, the cafeteria, I mean, all the kids' rooms are probably just using classrooms and having yep. to reset all that every week and keep mm-hmm. teachers happy and all that. Like, how have you managed the kind of the, just the relational part of the, you know, being in a portable situation? Yeah, man, that's the relationship is so key. And that's honestly, you know, the facility we're in right now, I think we've been in there since I think July or June of 2020. So okay. after COVID, um, the reason we got into it was because we were in a high school, a public high school, and sure. when COVID happened, rentals weren't allowed. So, oh, but the charter school had a little bit more flexibility. So we were able okay. to get in there and they've been amazing. Okay. You know, like a great example is, you know, the facilities manager there, his name's Brandon. He's incredible. Brandon, if you're listening, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. He He's there all the time, but he's been super flexible and allowing us to, you know, get in at certain points um, to make projects happen. But a huge part in making sure that relationship is not just one directional is we try to get back as much as we can. So, uh-huh. you know, we'll, we'll host little breakfasts for the, for the school where our staff will come in and provide breakfast for all the teachers during the school year, like okay. early in the morning. We'll do things like that. We'll do you know, like projects like installing the conduit, that's not just for us, that's also for them. So yeah, right. our lights, for example, like all of our, our front wash, uh, we've got about four movers that are hung like kind of on a forward truss and then also upstage. Those are installed in oh, quotes. Okay. Um, so they're <laughs> yeah. ours, we own them, but they stay at the school. So we don't have to like tear down everything that's in the nice, ceiling every nice. week. Uh-huh. So that's helpful for us. It's one less thing to set up, but for them, like when they have their musicals or they have their plays, they can use our stuff. And so I've gone okay. in and our worship pastor's gone in and helped them redo their board or you know, redo their whole lighting system and repatch everything so they can use our stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to be as generous as possible as we can with those sorts of things because it, we're, not, we're not using it at that time. So we might as well allow them to use some of the stuff because they've been sure. so generous to us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, when it comes to other facilities, like classrooms and stuff like that, you know, we just do our best to make it look as you know, better than when we came in. Yeah. So not only yeah, putting yeah. chairs back, but just really trying to bless those teachers who work so hard. Uh, and we know that in some ways it's not convenient for a church to come in and maybe Big upend time. some things that they had you know, set up. So yeah. we, we have a big heart for, for teachers and especially educators. We've got you know, people on our staff that are educators. And so we try to do as much as we can to yeah. honor them, to, to bless them in uh, ways both on Sundays and throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. It's reminding me, I haven't thought about this in a long time. So we met in a high school theater that was brand mm-hmm. new. And there was a theater manager, you know, a guy who took care of the theater. And yeah, he was there every weekend with us. And one of the things, I don't know how this was arranged. This was above my pay grade. But all the rent <laughs> money for the theater specifically went to the theater department. Oh, wow. Okay. So it didn't go just back to the school district. It yeah. went, you know, to the to the theater and so he had a gigantic budget, you know, uh, every year <laughs> compared to, I That's would say, awesome. most uh, normal high school theaters. And so sure. we would get to the end of the fiscal year for the school and he would say, hey, what do you, what do you need? Yep. Yep. And I'm like, well, wireless intercom would be nice or, you know, whatever it would be. And he'd, yeah, like, sure. he'd buy a couple sure. packs and, 
And then we'd get yep. to use it, you know, during when we were there. But yeah, that was such an unusual situation. That's when we got away from all SM58s. He, he, had, okay. he would just yeah. start buying yeah. all these mics. Like, well, now I need the kick drum mic and the yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think, uh, I mean, even in a permanent facility, you need to have a great relationship with whoever's kind of taking care of the facility. But yeah. there's something about, you know, renting somebody else's space and just making sure they're, they're, they feel great about you being there. And yeah. You know, on one hand, I think it's real easy to say, well, we're paying rent, so get over it. But I think, sure, you know, just that idea of like making breakfast for the teachers and stuff like that is such a key part of playing nice in somebody else's space. Because mm -hmm. none of those teachers are directly benefiting from the church taking over sure, their classroom. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. to go above and beyond for those, for those people, yeah, such a, such a great thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun too, because we've actually got a couple of the students on production actually attend the school that we're oh, yeah. in. Uh -huh. So, you know, it, it's it's a good reminder that like, you know, you see one of these kids and like, okay, we got to leave this this place better than we found it because students are going to come in here and they need a, a welcoming, comforting environment, yeah. just like anyone that comes to the church does. So, yeah. you know, again, back to the whole stewardship idea, like we're going to steward the space that God's blessed us with. Uh, as best as we possibly can, you know we've we've been in nine locations over nine years, not because we just trash places and get you know, kicked <laughs> out of them. We don't. Yeah, we don't. But life happens. COVID happens, sure, right? Like yeah, yeah. you know all these different sorts of things that you know we could like. There's nothing to say that next week on Monday after a church, the school says, "Hey, you can't be here." Yeah, you know, wow. there's there's nothing that said. I mean, not my understanding, but like we have to operate under that mindset that like nothing is guaranteed. Yeah. And so every week we have to be on our game and making this place and, and honoring what, what they've blessed us with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, uh, are you counting down the months to the last time you have to set up at that, pl at oh, that man. place? Are you in a, in a way? Yes. We've already talked about, you know, some of the, what that transition looks like. And yeah. actually funnily enough, when I was at Philo last year, my favorite session that I went to was called going from portable to permanent. Okay. And it was a really small, small group in there, but there were some awesome conversations about like, okay, what does that transition look like? And what does right. the final Sunday look like of we finish right. service and then everybody hops in and puts stuff in a trailer and, <laughs> yeah. you know, things like that are honestly really exciting to look forward to. Right, right. I think I'm, I think I'm more excited to, to get to work and transition that because uh -huh. it's going to be a lot of work and I'm not yeah. shying away from that, but just getting our whole team involved with that is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and we've got an amazing integrator that's working with us um, nice. just to get this all gets this all handled. So yeah. Are you using a lot of the same gear, taking it over and using it in the new building? Production wise, not a ton. Okay. Partly because a lot of it's That's really 10 old. 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you know, just last week, we had to replace one of the, I think it's the Behringer SL16, the one, half of our rack that we have for M32. Okay. Uh -huh. It was going out on a Sunday. So we had to replace that on a Sunday. You know, that was not something we were planning on doing because we're not going to use that system in a year. Sure. But right, right, right. You have to do it. Gotta so do it, yeah. most of it's going to be new. You know, like our, our current M32 for front of house, we're actually going to turn that into our broadcast board oh, nice. yeah, okay. through Dante. So at least as a first phase to get sure. us launched into a broadcast mix. Right, right. But overall, you know, we're, we're expanding channel count. Uh, we're expanding, you know, some of our camera capabilities and it's a right. new lighting package. And, you know, back to the whole idea of, honoring and blessing the school, as of right now, our plan is to leave our lights okay. at, at the school, Okay, you know? And because if we took them all, they'd be kind of left with basically nothing. And sure, right. we don't want them to have that experience. We're also not going to utilize those lights as well as they should in our space. So sure, right, right. we've worked out an agreement with them. We're like, they can hang on to those uh, and, and we're going to make that work. So okay. it, it kind of mutually benefits everybody uh, as of right now. So. Okay. We were joking the other day because like, we're going to have to sell a good amount of equipment in terms to make some things happen. And uh -huh. we were joking that it's going to be like the front range eBay store and all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but we'll make it happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we pretty much used everything that we were portable with. We have like, okay, it's going to, we're installing it. And yeah. we must have figured out some way of, you know, bridging a couple weeks worth of portable weekends, but sure. getting into the first facility is always the hardest, you know, it's like very mm. expensive and, yeah. and so like, okay, what can we just roll in with and then worry about later? Absolutely. And so, yeah, we, we spent a lot of our 
resources on things we couldn't change later, mm-hmm. you know, in the yeah. building. So we're like, well, the infrastructure yeah. and yeah. But we got a couple speakers. We can just like throw them up in the ceiling and yep. that'll yep. work, you know, for a time. And I think, you know, I was fairly optimistic on how short that time would be. We'd be using like some old speakers. I think they they lasted longer than I did in that new building. <laughs> Seven or eight years. They Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were in there before <laughs> they replaced it with an actual PA for the room. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 It'll be it'll be an interesting transition. But uh yeah, trying to use as much as we can, but things that are we know are going to fall apart sooner than later and that have kind of the end of life sure, yeah, teetering yeah. in the near future. Like yeah. we want to make sure that we're not going to get in and, and immediately have to turn around and redo our, our whole, you know, sure. router and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. For people who are listening, who are in a portable situation or are maybe just starting off, you know, part of a church that's starting. And so of course they're meeting in rented space. Any advice you'd give to them? As someone that's been doing port, I mean, essentially the full nine years you've been somehow involved. Yeah, man, that's a great question. Advice or encouragement or, I mean. Sure. Or uh, things to look out for. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's plenty of things to look out for. Yeah, I think some don't of those are very do obvious. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I, to be honest, I think if someone were to ask me, you know, like if, if they were faced with a decision between going portable to permanent, I don't. I don't think I would shy away from saying I think I think you should definitely do portable for at least a little bit of time because I think there's yeah. such a learning experience there. It, like God will push you in so many ways mm-hmm. in that. Like you know how how to stay rooted in the midst of a lot of changes and problem solving and like I think before I went in I would have not been the same. I would not have approached challenges the same way that I do now yeah. because I'm faced with them every week. And if I lose my cool or I lose my head, my team follows suit. Yeah, so yeah. I need to be able to set that example of if something happens, okay, let's let's figure it out. Let's let's go step by step and it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And you know, I think I guess like just an encouragement is that, you know, certain weeks things might not work. They won't work. That happens in both permanent and portable, but especially right, in portable. Right, right. Yeah. You know, like you're gonna show up and you're gonna have, you know, five different things break at once. And yeah. there's gonna be challenging weeks. And even in those weeks, even when it feels like you're doing everything you possibly can just to make audio happen or for a video to play, yeah. you know, like God still shows up. Like God's yeah, still gonna yeah. be there. He's still gonna honor and and facilitate the space that you've created yeah. to be the best that it possibly can be. You know, I think some of the the coolest experiences that we've had are when things don't work as they should. Yeah. And people still show up and, you know, lives are still changed and God still does what he does. He doesn't need me to make everything sound perfect right. uh, yeah. and, and get all the equipment positioned exactly where it's supposed to be. He doesn't need that to do what he's going to do. So yeah. I think that's been... I think that's a huge part of why I'm still here, why I've been portable for so long and why I love it and why you know this next phase is not an ending point but just a launching point is because I've seen how God's just been so faithful throughout all sure. the years yeah. and we're just really excited to see that continue. Yeah. Being portable is so much uh, more cost efficient than having your own building. You know if you look <laughs> if you look beyond yeah. just the area we're talking about a production and that sort of thing like the amount of ministry that can happen just from a resources standpoint, uh, yeah. in a portable oh, yeah. situation, like there's a lot that God can do with a little yeah. in a portable situation. And so that was something that I can remember talking to my senior pastor about back in those days. Like, you know, this is this is the way to go if mm. if you have no money. Yeah. Because yeah, you can you can potentially reach more people than if you, you know, just jumped right to the permanent facility as the, as the only option. So yeah, I think it's a lot of work, but the 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 number of lives that can be changed. Uh, this is maybe the wrong way to say it, but per dollar spent, you know, just like <laughs> sure, the sure. that return on investment is so huge. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Okay, the, there's a lot of work for us as production people to do, but what God can do with it is pretty amazing. Yeah, and there's a level of flexibility that comes with that. Like ministry is constantly changing. We constantly yeah. have to think of yeah. new technologies and, and work with new things and new ways of doing things. And there's a cool amount of flexibility that comes with being portable that when a new opportunity arises, we don't have to think like, oh, we have to spend this amount to to make it happen. Like we already have the things. We already have the people. Yeah. You know, like a great example is Easter. Like we, for years, have been trying to get this larger space. Like it's a fairgrounds event center space for Easter. Okay. 
so we could do one service with our entire church. And we just have not been able to get it for various reasons. And finally, two years ago, we did. Okay. Instead of having to be like, okay, we have to get all of our equipment, like, or, like buy all new equipment or rent all of the equipment, we were able to take the majority of our equipment and just take the trailer it was in and just take it to a different space. Yeah, right. And, you know, like we, we had to bring in a stage and some other things there, but we were able to put on service that was two to three times larger than we normally would have with the same level of excellence, if not more. Yeah. Because our team is just like, they see an opportunity, they see a challenge and they're like, let's do it. Yeah. And man, the last two years we've done that, we'll do it again next year just because it's That's been- cool. Awesome, you know, seeing everybody in, in one room. So yeah, yeah, yeah ministry yeah. constantly changing, but portable does give you an amount of right, right. flexibility to make it happen. Nice. So maybe we should uh, schedule another podcast with you like in one year after you've been in the, <laughs> the yes. building for six months and we'll see how you feel. <laughs> the post-transition of <laughs> how this right, all went. Ready to go back, yeah. <laughs> that's, that'd, be, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, thanks for making time. Uh, it's a great conversation and yeah, just bringing back a lot of great memories for me. So yeah, well done to you for being at it for so long and still being so positive and upbeat about it. I mean, I think, like you said, the fact that we're doing services every week is a grind, you know, can be. Mm -hmm. And the fact yeah. that you're setting up and tearing down each week is like an added, you know, layer there. And to hear you talk positively about the experience and your team and all that stuff is encouraging for those out there, hopefully that are wondering if it's worth it. Yeah, so thank you. Absolutely. And I was getting all nostalgic about working at a portable church. I mean, like I said, much of what I learned to value as a technical artist in the local church came from those years of working in the portable church environment, the setup, the teardown, the truck driving, all the stuff. And I really appreciated what Andrew said about just because they're a portable church that they won't let it hold them back. Yeah, okay, there's constraints. There are always constraints. But how can we work with them to create something amazing? I thought that was great. And we've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but constraints really can help drive creativity. I mean, you can't necessarily do everything, regardless of if you're portable or in a permanent setup. We all have budget constraints or time constraints, but what can you get done if you're in a portable setting with the one hour you have to set up in a secondary school cafetorium? And being portable also means that there's a relationship to manage with the venue. Even though you might be paying rent, investing in the people who are affected by your church being in their facility is really key to not leaving a bad taste in their mouth about your church or church in general. And thinking back, I really invested in my relationship with the theater manager of the high school where we were. You know, on one hand, so that he would grant our crazy requests, but also so that you know, we were good people to work with. And now that I'm thinking about it, I would usually call him and ask, hey, can we do, you know, X, Y, and Z? And he would pause and then he would say, uh, how do you want me to answer? And, you know, I would usually say, well, you know, we'd like to do this. So I said, all right, it's possible. I mean, Bob, what a guy, if you're listening, thank you. As you're coming up to actual Christmas services, take some time to remember what it's all about in the first place by just pausing for a little bit and checking out our Philo Advent devotional, either on our website, philo.org slash advent, or you can go to the YouVersion Bible app um, and you can even do it with other people. So it's just a, it's a great kind of recentering thing that you can do to not just be all about getting a ton of work done for Christmas but really what Christmas is there for in the first place. Thanks for making time to listen to the podcast today. If you have any ideas for future guests or topics for the podcast, send them our way, philopodcast at philo.org. You can also send us suggestions via direct messages on Facebook and Instagram, which is at philocommunity. And you can subscribe to this podcast or sign up for our newsletter at philo.org to hear what's coming up in the world of philo. Now that we're getting closer to 2024, all the plans and stuff for the philo conference will be coming into sharp focus. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for all that's going on there. All right. Thanks for joining us and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.